0: Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Manworth Boulevard, it's Paul and Ray! Well, isn't this exciting? For the first time in Paul and Rach history, we are in an actual radio studio punching out a version of our little potty.
1: We're in the afters radio studios. I'm on my lunch break from teaching. God love you. And we've just snuck in a quick 45 to do the potty. <laughs> I
0: love that I'm just what you're sneaking into your lunch. so It feels so salacious. I
1: know. It feels like we're having an affair of some description, yeah. but it's just a really, really um, not saucy affair. Oh, well, well hang on, hang on. <laughs> I can do
0: mish with the best of them. I mean, how hard is it?
1: Uh. (laughs) You've turned up in Uh. shorts and a T-shirt.
0: Because this is the whole thing. I was (laughs) thinking about this going, geez, okay, do I wear the dress clothes and then get into the training clothes? And then I thought, nah, you know, you know what? I'm going to wear the uh, the exercise shorts. Yeah. I apologize if there's any reputation that you get around this arty-farty joint.
1: I'm teaching some young minds radio who are interested in a radio career, and nothing spells success like P. Muzza, the big national television star <laughs> walking in in a threadbare t-shirt. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry You're listening to Paul and Rach Now apologies for the little break in podcast my fault this time Um, Was
1: everything alright? Are we okay?
0: Yeah it's okay the cyst's gone
1: Okay (laughs) Okay, good It had
0: to be massaged out
1: I think the, uh, the greater surprise was that you had ovaries to have a cyst on.
0: <laughs> well, I've had the breasts for
1: years.
0: It's all now finally the case.
1: You've rubbed them up against me already today and I oh, appreciate that greatly. Oh, I'd
0: like to say grind. Not just rub, I grind when I go in.
1: There was a, a real meatiness to them. Like, to mine? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, absolutely. There's something behind them, I think. Well, that... hang on, I'll come over. I
0: want you to do <laughs> yeah. Okay, get in there. Okay.
1: Get in there. Do, do the hand. Oh, there's uh-huh. a... There's a lot there. Yeah, just to go to the side. Oh, it goes all the way round yeah, to the back. <laughs> You've kind of got like a woman's full D cup, but it's on your side. Well, and
0: <laughs> just because you're jealous.
1: <laughs> Hit the guys up
0: on the Paul and Rach Facebook page.
1: I realised I have a superpower, P Murray. Oh, what is it? I can spot real estate agents. (laughs) What, just in a crowd? Yes, I can spot them in a crowd. You give me a crowd of random people dressed up in just random everyday gear, especially the more tough situation if you really wanted to test my skills. Would be to give me a crowd full of people in suits oh. and tell me to pick out the specific real estate agents. And when did
0: you realise you had the power? We'll get into how this works in a second, but when did you realise you had
1: it? Okay, well, when I realised it was in the nail salon that's across the road from the Rain and Horn.
0: Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to burst your bubble here, but. Uh...
1: But I would be sitting there and I would see a guy walk down the road and I'd say, I bet he's going to go into Rain and Horn. And every time he'd go into Rain and Horn. <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh so <laughs> have you tested the ability outside of watching people walk into a real estate agent. Not,
1: not really, but I just think to be able to pick in a crowd Brilliant. of people every single time, 100%, that they're going to walk into Rain and Horn, don't you think that real estate agents have a specific look about them? It's that
0: yeah, generally walking into a real estate agency. <laughs>
1: no, but it's that look of their yes. hair's done by somebody really impressive. They've always got some kind of jewellery on. Their suits appear like they're custom made. Yes. You know, they haven't just bought them off Sorry, the Sorry, bespoke, bespoke, as it's called Bespoke suits. Just like seeing a model in a street and saying, right, you yeah. look different to the rest of us. I think that real estate agents are sort of everybody else in suits, but with just a little extra icing on top.
0: See, I'm surprised that you're giving them props like that. Because, yes, if I was to study the average real estate agent, the suits might be... A little more microfibery.
1: Oh, really? Than
0: bespoke. I mean, it all depends on your area, I'm sure. But there's a certain, not a desperation about these people, but it's a little bit like the used car salesman that salespeople generally, mm. you can spot them like dog's balls because. Yeah. They've got that, if I don't do this, I'm one week away from no house. But
1: the interesting thing about, say, your real estate market in a place like Sydney is the idea that there is any skill in this job. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm the best real estate agent in Sydney. No, mate, you just got a job in Potts Point Real Estate Agency where everything is worth $4 million. Oh, but you've
0: got to understand where to (laughs) advertise it, Rach. You've got to (laughs) understand. What? What, (laughs) domain.com.au? Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Right, you ever seen one of those movies that all the critics hate, all the friends say, Phew, "This is rubbish," but you genuinely enjoy. It?
1: Enjoying things is a very indescribable thing. You mm, know, sometimes mm, something just tugs at mm, your little heartstrings. Hang on, heart hang hang, that was well, deep. That okay. was deep. Down, right?
0: Just can you say that again? Because I want to put it on a meme.
1: I can't remember what I said. <laughs>
0: What would you put as a background on that meme? (laughs) Like, would that just be one of those white background, sans-serif writing?
1: Either that or the Irma Gerd girl. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to make a meme. So what movie have you seen?
0: Dirty Grandpa.
1: Oh, just this morning in my class at afters, a girl came to tell me that it was the biggest pile of shit she'd ever seen. Well,
0: she's wrong. She's wrong. I don't know what it was, but it was this like complete reconnection with my teenage self who loved grubby, dirty, silly, rude, ridiculous movies. But I'm sorry, how is it not hilarious that within 10 minutes of a loving elderly man his wife's funeral that the grandson walks in on him having a wank. <laughs> Okay. Like, it's one of those ones. Yeah, right. I'm not saying give it an Oscar. I'm not saying it's better than any movie I've ever seen. But why does the
1: world just decide to collectively squat on something like that? I wonder whether the bigger question is, what's happened to Robert De Niro? Oh. (laughs) Oh. Now,
0: this is the man. He's got got two Oscars. He's got two Academy Awards. And
1: he's having a wank after a funeral. This is where we're going in the twilight years. He's got so much money in the bank. Yeah. What does he say no to? Uh, I don't think anything at this point in time. But, you know, I can understand some people at the end of their lives in their twilight years when they've had their career, they've made a bit of money for themselves, that's the point where they start going, do you know what I've always wanted to do? Learn how to draw. Yeah. I'm going to go to drawing class. Maybe <laughs> this is his drawing class. We're well,
0: having a wank on screen. Yeah,
1: you know, maybe it's like I've I've done all the Oscar winners, I've done all the, no, you know, the really important, massive films. Maybe my drawing or my macrame class is just doing a movie with Zach Efron.
0: Well, I must say, Zach Efron can eat a dick.
1: Oh, <laughs> I mean yeah. he's terrible. How is he still around? He well, is one of those great cockroaches of the industry that he's. Well, never, is he hot? Uh, in a sort of very oddly plastic Ken way, right? Okay. I would say, like in that, so he
0: wouldn't meet the Corbet threshold.
1: No, because I think he would spend more time looking in the mirror than I would, and I don't spend a great... That's not terribly difficult, as you can see today. Hey, 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 <laughs> I'm
0: wearing active wear. I'm- You're listening to Paul and Rach.
1: I have fears that there may soon be a Making a Murderer series about me.
0: Oh, do we have to do the bad English accents?
1: <laughs> no, no, we don't. Okay, I- so how
0: have you been framed for a vicious murder by a police force? How does this work?
1: This is more tangential than I first thought, but it gets us into the break. <laughs> Welcome to radio, everybody. So I have a situation at home where I live in an apartment. I'm a couple of stories up. and What the- were you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Just generally, yeah. all the time. And I have windows that look over into the entry for the downstairs apartments. Yes. But because our sink is right at that point, I'm now on my fourth or fifth fairly heavy kitchen item that's accidentally fallen out of the window oh. and not killed anyone oh. yet. I have dropped full dinner plates. I dropped a full soup pot out the window once. Yet <laughs> yesterday was a giant chopping block. <laughs> And every single time, it's this moment where it's usually because everything, we have that house where everything dries. We don't dry with tea towels. We leave it on the rack. Mm. So you'll go to it's get... It's called being lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. I you know, oh, we've, we've, uh, we've
0: done this great thing, guys. We've decided that... Uh, yeah, it
1: was a decision. Yeah, doing
0: you. nothing... <laughs> is the best way to achieve something.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So we have a lot of stuff piled up there and things are usually a little precarious. Mm. So from time to time, I'll often go to reach and get something as I'm putting things away eventually. And I might accidentally knock something out the window and not be able to catch it in time. Mm. But I'm now in the situation where I see the thing go, Mm. I miss catching it, and then I wait to see if I hear a scream.
0: Hang on, what you don't warn? I no. You just go oh. no, no, look out. Oh no, no! Like oh. You make some noise.
1: Oh, I've been in shock. I think I didn't. Well, you think. can't
0: just you can't just push the deadly object out the window and wait to see if there's a victim. At least if I'm just telling as your lawyer. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay, as your lawyer. <laughs> yes.
0: You have to offer some defence of the accident here. So if you if you give the the victim. ...warning of what's coming their way... Oh. ...then I think you can go to court and say... ...well obviously it's an accident."
1: The consequences of this are probably just about as high as you can get. Correct. Genuinely, for me, the feeling within me when I realise I haven't killed somebody... I've got away
0: with it. I'm going to go right. I'm going to study in school. I'm going <laughs> to eat right. I'm Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah,
1: I'm going to be the best person ever and then I totally forget and two days later it's a giant pot full of soup or something. I just haven't done anything about it. But
0: what does it say... This is what I love, Those. What does it say about our inherent self that even though the consequences of doing what we're doing could be killing someone, we can't be f- Drawing. but let's let's play this out to, to its natural conclusion let's imagine that you know sadly somebody does die as a result of this what how would you play jail
1: i think i'd be really good in jail really yeah mostly because you know i see everything as a learning opportunity <laughs> and i always look at things in an optimistic way and do you know what i would think from the minute i got into jail this is a great book opportunity <laughs> I've always wanted to write a book and I really don't think I'm ever going to get my shit together enough to write one. So I really think that the only way that I'm ever going to get to write a book is if I go to jail because people love that shit.
0: Let's hope everyone else has that attitude, Rach. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Oh, Rach. Oh, Rach. You know how I love. A pointless list on a mindless website Mm -hmm. that apparently makes us all know a little more about ourselves.
1: (laughs) Please, let me learn.
0: I've discovered yourtango.com. What
1: the hell's this? Who knows?
0: (laughs) At risk of being offensive to uh, very sensitive listeners, Mm. if this isn't a headline that's going to get you in, nothing is on the internet. Hate giving blowjobs? Try these six easy (laughs) ways to learn to love them. I don't
1: want to love... You know, and... (laughs) I don't want to love uh, them. Yeah, no, 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 no. You want it to happen. Yeah. But it's not
0: something that just,
1: hey, all yeah. right.
0: All right, here's their tips. Oh, here They're medically certified tips. Okay. Number one, focus on your sensations.
1: That would be the worst way to like them, because the sensations are not ones that it's yield. It's nothing the positive. for you. Yeah. It's nothing for
0: you. Point number two, get personal with this penis. You already yeah. are. I can't imagine any other way of getting personal short of asking at some horrible tra- tra- trauma that's closer than what you're doing. Number three, be mindful of the words you use. Refer to things such as his junk. It's far sexier.
1: Is it? But is it... it really? If somebody if somebody's giving you a blow, it's and says, nice junk. <laughs> How is that? Who comes up with this shit? Well, I'll be
0: straight up. I think, on the behalf of most blokes, we don't need any conversation about. It. <laughs> we don't need a compliment. We don't need encouragement. We don't like if it's happening.
1: Yeah.
0: But there's, that's not a great opportunity for chat.
1: No, exactly. I mean, I I love a good chat at the best of times, and <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop taking sips of water when we're doing this break. I I love a chat at the best of times, but. I have been told on a number of occasions that I need to be quiet. And I don't mean <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mean that in i I'm being sexy chat way, but I mean if something happens or yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'll just stop down for a bit of a yarn. Oh, he's
0: like shut up. <laughs> yeah. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website paulandrache.com.au. There's
1: something that I think that we need to just remove mm. from general everyday life.
0: Oh, oh, uh, this this Normally is how genocide starts. (laughs) No. And uh,
1: (laughs) I've realised that, you know, the whole pregnancy thing, right? Beautiful, wonderful thing.
0: Have you got news? (laughs) I was going to say you're looking so glowing
1: and that must be why you're wearing a really loose top. Are you starting to show? That's amazing. Oh, wow. This is a part of what I'm talking about, right? Childbirth is a delightful thing. Bringing a new young one into the world is fabulous. There's a butt coming. (laughs) I'm also appreciative of the fact that there are a lot of things that can go wrong in the first three months. So there is a tendency to hold it off until three months is done before you give the news. However, my thing about this is everybody knows. Ah, good point. We all know. Good point. And for whatever the time is up until that three-month mark comes around, we all play along with the elaborate ruse that you're just popping out to the gym and not to the doctors and that you're just doing FebFast and you're not just not drinking and that you've gone off sushi even though you used to eat it every day for lunch. <laughs> and we all play along and we all allow the little bump there to be put aside. It's to a maybe, food baby. It's a food baby or you just realised you were gluten intolerant and there's this odd unspoken nobody say anything thing. And then finally, when the three-month mark comes and they say, I'm pregnant, it's like the air, just everybody can breathe out. But also,
0: here's my thing. I understand, and look, you know, there is stuff that can go wrong in those first three months. So people, okay, they're not going to put it on Facebook. But I don't understand why the circle is often so narrow, so small, that if it's somebody that you see a lot that knows you're trying or knows you've had your difficulties, whatever, Mm. I don't think, because look, if something doesn't work out... We're all gonna go through that together. Exactly. That's what that's the bit I don't understand. Yes. Like I get sort of vague colleagues, whatever. Yeah. But if you and I are friends enough that, that we'll talk about our relationships, life, love, whatever, yeah. I'm not gonna smother that for three months. I'll tell you as soon as I know, and if something goes wrong, we'll do it together.
1: Exactly. And I always just feel a little bit bad because what if they are just having a little bread bloating? You know? <laughs> as soon as I sort of see the punch and I go, There's a little baby in there, yeah. then I think to myself, What if it's not a baby? Oh, I've thought about it now. Oh, God, she's seen me staring at it. Now she knows that I know. I just couldn't deal with everybody sort of talking about things behind my back. So, for example, the
0: speculation of all, she's a bit puffy. You know, there's a perfect way to smoke her out, which is just you have to walk into work and go, Guys, I'm pregnant.
1: (laughs) because
0: she's going to want to get competitive with you and straight away. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. All right. What? There's an update from yourtango.com. Oh, good. What, already? Yes. The 10 most gag-worthy comments. A guy can make in bed. Are
1: they? Have they literally just uploaded that in the time that we've been doing the podcast? Yes, it just went bing. Do we need to be posting nine times a day? You know, I reckon the stuff that your tango's dishing out, if we're talking about the top five ways to enjoy blowjobs... I reckon I'd be happy checking in with your tango once a month. Yeah. We need the kind of content that means we're spewing out nine articles a day.
0: Hey, Rach, this could be the greatest internet sensation that we've only just stumbled onto. You know, this this could be my space.
1: Yeah, this does have the essence. I mean, I am that person that said that Twitter wasn't going to go anywhere, no. so maybe I'm not the best person. So, I will say that the one thing I did get right was swine flu. I told you that was over-egged.
0: That's true. I did How say How are you on that. Zika? Is Zika going to kill us all?
1: Zeke is concerning me because I'm going to Peru in April. Well,
0: that's it. And you know, there's a thing, um, this will sound wanky everyone, I read a thing in the New York Times that yeah. uh, there's some evidence about it being potentially sexually transmitted.
1: But see, this is the thing, right?
0: So, but how did they get it from the mosquito? <laughs> get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So on the Your Tango list of 10 most gag-worthy things a guy could say in bed. One. Your breasts are the reason I asked you out.
1: Who? Okay, you know who's writing this? The bloke that writes the stories in Picture Magazine. Oh,
0: absolutely. So, bugger. We're not reading the Picture <laughs> Magazine this week because we're doing we're doing main content here. You remind me of my mum, dad, brother, or sister.
1: I mean, come on now. Okay. Oh, this is honestly. There are journalists out there who are desperately looking for work.
0: You're damn fine, baby, because I'm not into them skinny girls.
1: Where is this coming from? Oh, this.
0: What about this one? I can't love you, but if you're okay with that, I would just like us to sleep together. Never been said. If you just let me, I promise you won't get any diseases. Oh, my <laughs> god, That's been said. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au.
1: I've recognised a weakness in my personality. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think of you as being perfect. <laughs> <laughs> why thank you uh i realized yesterday when i was in the bathroom and i had no access to Lou roll oh that despite having somebody in the cubicle next to me i couldn't bring myself to ask for them to pass it next door what i ended up doing was shuffling across to the next cubicle this is my
0: thing is that i know that it's this great shame of people there is less shame in me pulling back on the duds and trying to keep some sort of distance between dirt and dust. This is the... <laughs> like, the, that's 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 one. That is far better for me yeah. and going into the next cubicle than, excuse me, could I please? Because I don't know about you, but to me there is this sort of, uh, even though we all know what's going on in there, mm. none of us want to be caught going in
1: there. I would say that's probably more difficult for men than women because for us there's an element of mystery.
0: Correct, but there's no doubt. <laughs> When the bloke <laughs> locks the door, you know what's happening.
1: There is absolutely no doubt. So at least when you're a woman, it's like, well, I might not be passing it for that particular reason. I could be passing it for something else. But I have often been asked for Lou roll and I almost admire their mm. I And I think to myself, every time I hear that, I think I want to be that person. Mm. I want to be the person that has no shame in that, that just says, excuse me. I'm in a bind. Yeah, I've sat down in good faith thinking that the cleaner of this fair establishment has done her job, P. Murray, and walked in and restocked the toilet paper. I
0: agree, but I don't understand. Because we all know that this is a potential outcome. How do you not look first? I always look first.
1: Oh, see, I, this is where I get myself in trouble.
0: Like, And also, because, and I'll be honest with you, is that there have been times where I'm a little more germaphobe than others mm. where you just sort of check in a quick little pre-clean.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never look. I'm one look. of those, I'm a pre-cleaner. See, I, I'm too trustworthy. I, have I trust... you seen some of the filth that use public loo? But I've long thought that the cleaners are the great individuals. I really think that they are the great unsung heroes of our time. Oh. I think that the cleaning community... <laughs> Honestly, I think that the cleaning community, they're hardworking. They do stuff that nobody else wants to do. Okay. And I think if you want to find an honest individual who, ha- who takes pride in their work, you're going to find it in the cleaner. So I entrust my wiping needs to their need to come back and, and yeah, up the, the toilet. Betwi-
0: but hang on. But the distance between when the professional was last there and when some behemoth who couldn't care less has been there. I'll give you the tip. I, I, I can't statistically prove this in the same way that you're amazing ability to prove real estate agents walking in and out of a real estate agency is wide approved for superpower. It's a skill. But they turn up once a day. There's dozens of people who roll in and out.
1: No, they don't turn up once a day. Haven't you ever seen that log that they keep in the toilet where they sign their little okay. name?
0: Do you think that actually anything but the signing of that log happens? How many times have you gone to a public lavatory in a shopping centre and gone, Clothes for cleaning, pretty much none. Yeah, but so it's amazing all the different times of day, over all of those different days, over all of those different years, and you've never actually bumped into it being cleaned. Alas, there's probably somebody who just goes around, you know, sprays, you know, a couple of things in the air, and then goes, "Yep, done."
1: Well, the great sort of thing that has saved cleaners everywhere is the little machine.
0: Oh, the f- machine, the, the
1: automatic. You know, that goes and you can't quite work out what's happening, but it just automatically squirts the smell that means that really a cleaner doesn't have to come in for a week. I feel like, you know what, this is a challenge for me. Sometimes when I don't do something and I leave that situation and I kick myself about it, I make extra special certain that the next time in, I'm in that situation that I do it because I know I'll be proud of myself. Okay,
0: well, I want you to do it, but I also want you to record it and put it on the podcast next I'm, week.
1: I'm not going to record it. I'm also going to be very conscious of the fact that when I'm sitting in the toilet, that there can be a limit to one's need to be proud of themselves. When I'm sitting on the toilet going, I can ask the person next to me for toilet paper and then when I actually give myself a pat on the back, I'm going to realise that I'm a f- idiot. Get
0: the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Now, Rach, before we go, I've got to ask here, uh, you, where are you on the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here thing?
1: Oh, look, I get that it's popular, but I just don't know, no matter how much you would like $60,000 a week, whether that is worth eating snail milkshakes mm. and going into a tub full of cockroaches. And it's just... Primetime humiliation. Yeah,
0: I've got to say, my whole thing is, is that uh, the eating and drinking bit is what yeah. I find a little bit weird. The mouthful of worms is a mm. little bit weird. Because I was thinking about this. If you were, you know, the chick that was from Prisoner, yeah. 40 years ago.
1: What else you got
0: going on? What is, what's she been doing? Yeah. Somebody turns around and says to this is the whole thing, no rational person at a certain level of their fame would go and do it yeah. unless the money was so stupid, Shane Warne style, mm. two million bucks to go and do stuff. Mm. Otherwise, look at the people that are on it. I know. Look at the people that are on it. Surely Anthony Kalea <laughs> is making enough money doing the clubs of Australia yeah. that he doesn't have to go... And drink a Urine. Mil- yeah, please.
1: Yeah, I know. It's that sort of odd thing that happens in the media where they just think, oh, it's just being on television that's the case. It's like, no, if you are on television and you're reaching into a giant pile of cow shit, yeah. like there is, it negates all of those wonderful things about being on TV. But
0: also, dare I say, I always think of it as sort of like essentially homeless celebrity people. So what <laughs> would homeless people do? You know, like that's terrible. Yeah. Like if you gave, you know, homeless people money yeah. to degrade themselves for your personal immune, that's terrible. terrible yeah. If you were famous once yep. and the same rules apply, that's entertainment. <laughs> Wanna stay in touch? Head to the website paulandrache.com.au. Well, that's our little podcast. Uh, I th- can we come back to the studio?
1: Yeah, it's good, isn't it?
0: I like the, the, the Bumblebee studio.
1: Oh, yeah, it is yellow it's and black. It's the Bumblebee studio. It's that's lovely. True. All
0: right, well, uh, this segment brought to you by Your Tango, yourtango.com with 38,200 followers, Paul and Rach with 500.
1: Kill me. <laughs> I mean, we're really bad. I've completely taken our Twitter thing off this thing because we never use it. Okay,
0: but here's the deal, kids. Uh, there's two ways you get in touch and one way that you can tell the world that you love us. Follow us on Facebook. Go searching for Paul and Rach. Paul and Rach on Facebook. Otherwise, you give us a five-star shout-out on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you want to do. And we say hi to you on the podcast because you were nice.
1: Big shout-out to 91 Miles from Australia. Uh, Whether you're on a road trip to the Gold Coast on a last-minute flight to Honduras or maybe relaxing at home, eating a cheese pizza or a packet of gluten-free corn (laughs) chips, whatever you're doing, you can play this in your ear holes and enjoy the comedic gold of Paul Murray and Rachel Corbett, all for free. So no need to count your coins for this one. You guys are washing machine awesome. Thanks for the years of entertainment. That is
0: awesome. That is long-term fandom that is stitching together all that is us. The Honduras touch was very good.
1: I like it when you guys ask a question in the five-star shout-out. Hmm. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the podcast, it's just a question to you, Paulie. Okay. Uh, from Rombo, we have the question Hi Paul, did you see Triple H won the Royal Rumble? What the flapjacks up with that? Oh,
0: I'm so with you. Thank you for asking the question through a five-star <laughs> shout-out. What a disgrace. So Rach, mm. here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roman Reigns, Past couple of years, he's the guy who they want to turn into the next John Cena, the next Rock, the next Stone Cold, like the star, right? right? He looks good. He doesn't talk that well. Wrestles okay, mm-hmm. but they are doing everything they can to, in wrestling terms, get him over. Mm-hmm. So they've done. They've given him the belt. He's lost the belt. They've denied him the belt, and the fans are a bit meh. So now we're at the stage where Triple H sew so up himself. Um, thinks the ultimate way to get him over with the fans is to make himself champion and then ultimately lose the belt to Roman Reigns. I completely agree with you. The idea that uh, Triple H in his 40s could still win the Royal Rumble, ridiculous.
1: I wish I could say something that would add to that, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what it means. But good on you for Yay, this Yay, thank you out. for listening. And finally, a uh, five-star shout-out from Heine172 to bring Ooh. us home on that on this podcast It's titled Star Couple. He or she has written, great podcast, guys. have been thinking about your Hollywood star couple name and the best I can come up with is (laughs) (laughs) Musbit.
0: See you next week. Bye. You're listening to Paul and Rach.